name is Allison Dunn. I am owner and executive coach of Deliberate Directions. And this afternoon, I'm so pleased we have Susan Fem Femina here with us. She is the CEO of Beyond the Chaos. She helps business owners gain control of their business by developing processes and structures um, for their business operations. She is a partner and CEO of Centerpoint Advisory Force. She is a graduate of with a Bachelor's of Arts in Journalism from Texas A&M. Susan, thank Woo. you so much for joining us here today. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So chaos is the topic of so many of my coaching sessions that I have with clients and prospective clients. And so I love the fact that you're clearly focused on that. And I'm hoping we can dive deep into that today. Absolutely. Um, where are you located, Susan? I am in McKinney, Texas, which is northeast of Dallas. Okay, fantastic. And it is still hot here, even though it is, we're recording here in early October. Okay. Still hot, well, <laughs> not fall. We are in full-fledged fall here, and, and the leaves are turning, but it's super beautiful. <laughs> All right, so I, um, I have a whole list of questions. I'm hoping I can just fire them at you and take the sure. conversation wherever it goes. Does that sound good? Let me have them. All Let right. me have them. Fantastic. So, um, chaos. What are some of the most common uh, business chaos issues you see in the clients you work with? Sure. So mostly I work with professional services companies that are small. And one of the first heads up I get or they get is that they can't grow anymore. Mm -hmm. They're struggling because their employees are quitting or they can't finish any projects or every project is over budget and they don't know how to control all of that so that they are making consistent progress throughout projects okay. and throughout their business. Sales the same way. They're dropping sales leads. It's another good sign that I, I hear from them. So you've kind of hit like the hot spots of most of every business that I know, right? <laughs> um, do you think that there's ever chaos that's just completely unnecessary? Yes, okay. there is a lot of, of chaos. <laughs> Now, of course, there is the kind of chaos that's created from drama, right. and that that can sometimes not be as easily controlled because that has to do with personality types and that kind of thing. Right. But you can reduce the uh, dramatic reactions <laughs> if you can reduce the things that cause the drama. Right. So. Uh, being able to cut back on uh, uh, things that you keep doing over and over again, but you never do the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, having a process and a system so that you don't even have to think about it. It just happens. You go through the checklist and you're off and running. Those types of things can really help to, to reduce the drama and the chaos. Right. So I probably should have asked you this out of the gate, but um, could you um, kind of do your 60-second elevator pitch of how you help people? Sure. So uh, Beyond the Chaos is here to serve small business owners and to help them in, the, in most cases to get their lives back. Okay. We want to empower them to uh, repeat successes, uh, systemize the things that they do regularly and stop reinventing the wheel so that they are able at the end of the day to actually go and enjoy their family and all the things that they're working for. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, 
What, um, what for just our listeners, what would you describe or explain as the difference between a process, a procedure, and a policy? Just kind of that baseline. Sure. So a policy is the rules. You know, and if you're a one-person business, you probably don't need any policy for yourself. <laughs> but um, it could be your holidays, or you know how people ask for time off, um, how you're required to enter time on a project. Those are policies. Okay. Um, a, a process is usually a prose. It's a definition um, uh, of how to do something, um, not necessarily a checklist, which is a procedure. So you might have a process that leads into a procedure, how you get into that. Okay. I've always, um, I've always been a huge proponent of, you know, the quicker I can get my processes down, even though I may still be the one doing them, the quicker I can mm -hmm. offload that and delegate it later. I've seen by implementing those three things, so processes, procedures, and policies, um, some pretty huge breakthroughs. What are the type of breakthroughs that you see in your clients? Um, relief is one yeah. of the main ones. I mean, a total sigh of, oh, wow, I know where everything is. You can, you can almost feel that sigh, um, that they feel like they have a little bit more control over the things that they're doing. Um, and they're not losing things. Things aren't falling through the cracks. Um, and they get their life back. All of a sudden, they're going out to dinner with their spouses and spending time with their kids. And that, to me, is the biggest reward. I think one of my favorite breakthroughs, and I've even experienced it in my own business, and I'm sure you have as well, is um, when you are in chaos mode and you can identify um, some small fixes that kind of smooth it out, maybe provide you some leverage of your time that you can exponentially, it's not just like you can just do a little bit more, you can do sometimes 10 times more. And I've found, at least in my business, the more that I do or the, um, the, the larger we grow, the less chaos I have, which I love. Honestly. Well, and that's because you're systemizing yeah. how you're doing it. Yeah. You're not just hoping that somebody takes it and does it the way you'd hoped. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, so if we could talk a little bit about um, how to document the process of you know, those three pillars. So what, um, um, what is, I, I don't wanna ask you per se for a poor example of it, but um, how are we missing the mark by doing it poorly? Okay, so well first, the first way you're, that we're missing the mark is that we're not doing it. So <laughs> that's the first yeah. way. Uh, the second is that it's in the owner's head. Mm -hmm. um, the owner knows what his policy is and he might be frustrated that his employees are not entering their time every day before they go home, but he's never one said it and two never written it. And so those are important things uh, to, to address, especially if you're starting to have a bunch of employee turnover. Mm -hmm. They can't meet your expectations if you can't tell them what they are. Absolutely. Um, most people can meet expectations if they know what they are. Mm -hmm. So if, you are, um, if you're keeping it to yourself, that's the first thing. The other is making sure that it's uh, in a, a a public place, I mean, not public to the world, but public to your team, so that they know where to go look if they're, for the, for example, installing a new server, um, that they, they know where to go look for that checklist so they don't have to figure it out on their own and they can do it the way you want it done. Right, right. 
do you develop processes for companies or do you work with teams to develop the right processes? Which is, or is it both? Yes, I actually do both. You do both. Okay. Um, and, and I'll write the process. Some people just aren't, you know, that good at sitting down mm -hmm. and, and working through. It's a technical writing almost, um, which my journalism degree helps me with. <laughs> I'm sure but, it does. Uh, yeah, if you um, don't have that skill set, you know that's certainly something that I can help you think through, mm -hmm. and that's that's where the challenge comes. Is you have to start thinking through in really tiny minutia, not okay, and then send the proposal to the client. It's <laughs> what tool are you using? What are your follow up steps? When do you send it? Is it before or after it's been reviewed internally by three people? Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are more steps to it than just, you know, send it out. And that's what the documenting of the process helps with is making sure that that is consistent. Um, so in documenting processes, um, what are maybe the steps that we need to think through? I don't know if you have like, you know, like everything you touch or, you know, every platform you use is an example that you just gave or who reviews what, you know, part of the, before the proposal goes out. Um, is there kind of like a, an easy thought, thought out checklist that you kind of guide us on? You know, um, a lot of times it's why or how okay. are the questions. Love that. Mm -hmm. As you're going some through it, you know who is doing it, when are they doing it? Those parts you kind of naturally come to, but why and how are the important parts to also make sure that they get in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the methods that I have found that really helps, um, especially uh, I've done this with my VAs when I'm not able to meet directly with mm -hmm. them, I'll hop on a Zoom call or by myself and start recording and I capture my screen. This is where I go, this is what I do, um, and, and start showing them how I'm doing it. And then all of a sudden it comes in your mind even, oh, I forgot that part. And you go back and show them that part. And so if you have it where it's documented like that, it's a lot easier to go through and then write it up. I actually even sometimes have the VA write it up from what from my recording or from a transcription mm -hmm. of my recording, depending on how long it is. So you can always have those transcribed and then revise them and they're ready to go. Fantastic. Um, one of the things that I talk a lot about with clients is when they're thinking about a process, you have to know, you have to possibly develop it in a number of different ways so that people learn differently. So sometimes listening to a recording or watching a video, and sometimes it's a hands-on process. So to make sure you're kind of documenting all three, especially in an in-depth process, because people learn Absolutely. differently. Absolutely. People, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a reader. Mm -hmm. If you put me in just an audio where there's no video and no reading, I'm like doing three other things. I've already lost train of thought. So definitely people learn differently, and that's yeah. important to know your team as well. Right. Who are you who are you sharing this with? Right. I'm a um, I'm very very visual and I'm so but I also like to do it. And sometimes I don't even want to be told how. I just want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite resource or book for um, a, any recommendation that you would have for people who need to start developing a process or a procedure? Um, well, you can go to my blog. Okay. I have a lot of tips on my blog. Um, and that's beyondthechaos.biz uh, slash blog. Lots of Excellent. things there. Um, as far as 
books and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know that I have a good recommendation there. Um, it's really thinking through it very specifically. I mean, that that's the whole gist of it is it's really detailed and specific. Um, one thing that you can do if you're not good at the, those things um, and a small business owner who might not have a lot of um, colleagues to, to help, get a spouse or a, a child mm -hmm. and talk and explain, talk through and explain to them how to do it. Somebody who does not work in your business all the time, but that you trust and, you know, that uh, will be patient with you <laughs> and, and listen to the questions yeah. that they ask. I think um, having an outside perspective who doesn't have any understanding is a great a great way to start, and especially someone with a young mind, because they'll ask really right. great questions that sometimes we just assume, like, you, of course you know what that is. You know, it's sort of, um, uh, I remember at, it was many years ago, but telling my son, well, just hit the pound sign. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, <laughs> the pound sign on the phone? And he's like, mom, you mean hashtag? <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. using the right that. language, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Sure. And they'll ask you why. Yeah. Of things. The other part of this is that um, having that outside view, when they're asking you why, all of a sudden you might say, well, I don't know. Maybe, do we have to do that? Maybe we don't have to do that. Right. So, uh, you know, always hear in your head if you're saying, well, that's how I've always done it. Oh, maybe ask yourself why a few more times to find right. out if you need to do it because you also don't want to be inefficient mm -hmm. by, uh, by doing things that are not necessary. Um, on that similar, so the asking the why, why do we do it that way and that not having, you know, being the answer, but even the how, like sometimes you just say open a document. It's like, well, how, like, what do you mean open a document? It's like launch the software and then go up to the file and, you know, walking through the steps. Sometimes we can't assume, right? So the right. how and goes which, several and, layers. And which, which software? Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> you're going down to that granular of a level. Yeah. Um, for you in working with businesses, what is the most common process that you help them with? Uh, sales is a big one. Okay. Uh, and, and we do a lot of project management just by the nature of our project management experience. But uh, sales is the other one. And that, that touches a lot of businesses. Right. There are a tremendous number of businesses that sales leads are just falling through the cracks. They're mm -hmm. not they're not closing business because they're not remembering to ask the person that called them for the proposal, you know, that, hey, can we meet on Friday to review the proposal? Mm -hmm. You know, there are steps like that that uh, are being skipped and there's no system. So they just might remember a while later that they need to follow up. And at that point, your prospect might have already found somebody else. And gone cold, for sure. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Um, what's the easiest process to set up or structure for a company? Um, is there an easy one? <laughs> sales is actually pretty easy. Um, it's just that nobody really thinks through it. Project management can be a lot more complicated because it depends on what kinds of projects you're doing and how many steps and all those kinds of things. But sales is pretty straightforward. Right. Um, Sales is one of those things where we get busy, right? And it becomes sometimes less of a priority, but you've already paid for that to, that acquisition to happen. And so to lose the conversion is um, one of the biggest ways to increase profitability. So a process that yes. can just double your profitability. 
Right. It, it also makes you money. Yes. Um, and that and that's the other part of this, too, is that it's something that a lot of us as small business owners, we don't really like the sales part. True. And so we postpone it or push it back. But, you know, you're here to actually make money so that you can serve more people and support your team mm -hmm. and your family mm -hmm. and everything else. And if you're not making that income the priority, you don't have those opportunities to do those other things. Um, so sales being your number one and maybe the easiest process to structure, um, what would be your like top three or four other ones that you work with um, clients on most commonly? Um, so many of them are surrounded uh, with project management and okay. there are a lot of different ones in that area, but we also do um, some operation level things. Um, for example, um, one thing that a lot of people have a hard time with is uh, come the holidays, some small business owners like to send gifts or like to send Christmas cards or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the holiday is of your choice. But they all of a sudden on December 20th are like, oh, no, <laughs> what do I do? Right. Um, so building some uh, operational processes around how are you going to remember next year that you really have to start before Thanksgiving? Um, you know, and, and setting those kinds of things up is good. Um, the other one that also is a big one is onboarding and offboarding of employees. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say how, that, yeah. What are your steps through that? You don't do it that often when you're right. a small business owner. And so every time you do it, you're like, ah, what else do they need? Or where do I need to go? Where do I need to direct them? How do I make sure they know about what we do? Right. Make a list. And, and offboarding is the same. Unfortunately, sometimes when you have to offboard, you have to do it quickly. Mm -hmm. And these days, the access that you have to give mm -hmm. people into software, you need to know what they're in so you can shut right. that down quick if you need to. So that offboarding is part of uh, something important as well. Right. Yeah, I'd say those, um, for me, the say, that very common. I would completely agree. Um, less so on the offboarding. So that's, you've just given me something to be thinking about. Um, I don't even think I have an offboarding process. So I need to. Well, you can, you know, take your onboarding process and if and you're keeping reverse it. A, and reverse it. And, <laughs> you know, if you're keeping a good list with each employee, yeah. you can then just reverse it. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, let's talk about it from maybe we don't yet have employees, so we're a solopreneur, um, which, you know, there are more of those than people who have big teams. Um, what is the, um, uh, what is the easiest way for someone who is bringing a team member on for the first time on how to delegate? What should be they be considering first? Right. So delegation is a challenge. Um, and I would say before you even bring somebody on start to think about the things that one feel a little tedious to you um things that you do consistently that you don't that sometimes you feel like they're beneath me right <laughs> i don't have anybody else to give them to so that's one thing mm -hmm. the other thing are things that are totally wasting your time um going through email where you only need to respond to 3% of the ones that you receive, uh, those types of things. There are virtual assistants that can do that stuff for you um, that are trained in how to help you let go of it as well. Wow, so, I need one of those. Yes, they're good. I still respond on my own email. 
Um, and I do too. I don't mind email. I stay on top of it. So not a big deal, but I do have a VA who does all my social media posts because I don't love doing social media. So that's the next thing. What don't you love doing? Um, I, I don't like doing that. So I have a VA to do that. Um, I love talking with my clients. So one of the things I've struggled with how to hand off is I need to talk to them. I want to ask the right questions at the right time. I want to make sure that I'm able to respond to what they're telling me that perhaps some of my employees don't have that experience mm -hmm. to be able to do. But man, can they take a recording of that and create a template right. for me. Mm -hmm. So um, figuring out those ways of what part uh, can go away is important, but also knowing what kind of employee you want. Just, I need help. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean if you're a software developer that you need another developer. Right. Um, especially if you love software development, maybe right. you need a project manager instead. I so. um, I pride myself in helping people figure out what they're doing um, that is causing the chaos that you you know yeah. you're talking about, right? And sometimes yeah. it's not a process, but um, to figure out what it is that they're not um, working in their strengths in, right? Which I think right. is a, a, a certain talent in itself to understand what I want to let go and I'm going to be willing to let go, and then develop a great process as far as I can take it. Um, to hand it off to someone to delegate. So, um, absolutely. What um, what advice um, would you have for business owners who are constantly distracted by their own plans? Oh, that's a big one, right? Mm -hmm. I love planning. That's mm -hmm. like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of calendar blocking. That's really to me, and to a degree, you also get to kind of mess around planning with your calendar blocking. Um, I sometimes refer to it as calendar Tetris, right? So <laughs> you build your calendar of what your plan is and then all of a sudden something goes awry. Well, at least now you know you got blocks of time that you got to move somewhere and make things happen. Right. Um, I try to limit that to being at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, so at the end of the day, plan your day for the next day. Spend some time on it, that's okay. Um, but then when you get there in the morning, start working your plan don't replan it. <laughs> and I think that that's really important is if you come in with that plan every day, you're fresh, you're awake, you've gotten some sleep or maybe some coffee, which whichever works best for you. And then you're ready to move through the things that you already decided were priorities. Mm -hmm. um, from, so slightly different angle on this, um, do you find that when uh, your people who you're training or who you're showing the processes to that they get distracted learning the process so much so that they actually don't do the work they need to they get stuck in the learning process I don't think so okay. um, I haven't I haven't seen that happen that much I do think sometimes they might get overwhelmed because okay. all of a sudden we've brought to light all these details that were before falling through the cracks mm -hmm. and now oh no oh no, so far behind, or I can't catch up, or how am I gonna get to inbox zero when I have 3,000 emails? Okay, well, just delete them. 
<laughs> just <laughs> sometimes just just declaring bankruptcy is the best way to go. Um, you know, with projects is a little harder because if you've dropped the ball, how sometimes do you have to reset that with a client okay. and reset an expectation of, yeah, I know you said we could have it at the end of the year, but it's probably going to be February. Um, once you start to capture all those details, you start to see some of those things. So I see more overwhelm than I, as a result, mm -hmm. than I see um, and different overwhelm because they're overwhelmed before, but that's because they didn't know. Now they're overwhelmed now they because they do know. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a path to there is a path to gain control of that, and that's the important part. Once you get to that stage, there you go. So I just want to confirm: you gave me permission to delete all of my emails. Yes. <laughs> if you have three thousand emails, you're not going to answer them anyway. So just delete them. <laughs> And then from then on, be better. <laughs> oh, that makes me like itchy just thinking about that. That's funny. <laughs> I appreciate it. You are right. If, they're, you, if you're that far behind, then there has to be yeah. like a clean slate of some sort. Um, so can we uh, talk a little bit about project management and um, for those uh, of our listeners that do subcontracting um, of services of some sort? So in your experience, is there a common problem or challenge that employees or contractors need to share with um, I don't know, I guess their supervisor or their client in this case, uh, but they don't share. Sure. One of the things that I see a lot with subcontractors is uh, they just all of a sudden go absent, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I, I was on vacation for two weeks. I couldn't respond to you. Okay. Well, maybe you should have warned somebody that you're working with regularly that you would be out. Right. <laughs> Those types of things I see a lot um, from the subcontractor side. On the contractor side, who's looking to hire, um, not setting the clear expectations of what what do I expect you to do? If I need 20 hours of time of your time per week, and I'm not giving you enough to do those 20 hours, I expect you to say, "Hey, um, I." I need some more work as opposed to redirecting your energy somewhere else to a different client, those kinds of things. So that I know that I'm serving my clients if I have a plan that requires 20 hours of work a week. Right. So uh, that communication is really the biggest deal between a contractor and a subcontractor. Um, you bring up a really good point, and I think it's um, it's almost like just a really awesome communication going back and forth for all of those things. But do you have um, a tool that makes that easy that you'd suggest or recommend? Um, I love Slack. Slack, okay. I love Slack, yeah. and that's something that you can invite your contractors into. Mm -hmm. It makes it really easy to hit each other up. It's like stopping by each other's offices, and when you're working in a virtual world like so many of us are this these days, it 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 is like, oh, hey, there's somebody in my doorway. What can I do for you? Okay. Uh, it's, it's really changed um, my ability to communicate uh, with my team as well as with a ton of other teams. I probably have 13, 14 Slack channels with different clients and uh, different groups. And it, it it also, if you are a work from home virtual employee, makes you feel a little bit more connected. Okay, cool. So um, I am not familiar with Slack. So 
Um, when you say connected, is it a video? Is it visual? Is it just instant message? Like, tell me a little bit more about it. Uh, instant message on steroids. Okay, maybe. on steroids. Um, <laughs> I'd say it that way. You know, some people are like, well, why would I use Slack instead of texting? Um, well, Slack, first, you can turn it off. And on your on your phones these days, you know, I've I've heard horror stories of, of people getting texts from their clients in the middle of the night and things like that. So uh, okay. this lets you go away. <laughs> I like that feature. <laughs> and uh, there are some really cool things about it. Like you can set a reminder if somebody asks you a question. Oh yeah, I got to go look that up. I'll I'll come back to that in you know three hours or something. Um, so it, it kind of helps you maintain a, a more structured mm -hmm. uh, work world, even though it seems like it's a distraction um, because it can be interruptive, like email, if you leave that open all the time. Right, right. Um, what, um, what would you say is the fastest way to be able to teach a process to someone who is remote, not there with you? Um, I'm a big fan of the uh, do a Zoom video call Zoom. and walk okay. them through it. So that's not something you would do through Slack. It would be back to the Zoom example. Um, well, and I might. I mean, if it depends on how big it is. If there's a written document that I can shoot to them through Slack, maybe so. Um, normally, what I would do, I my team has, um, we use Teamwork Projects as our project management tool, and we have a project in there that has all of our processes in it so I direct people there too of hey this is where the bulk of it is if you have a question about something specific we can you know point you in a closer direction but at least there they have a resource almost it's almost like a wiki almost okay oh neat okay that's very cool I I have gone through all of my initial questions and so I guess my question back to you was um, for those who are listening and want to learn more where should they go to learn more from you? Um, my website is absolutely the best place, okay. beyondthechaos.biz. Okay. Um, you can also shoot me an email, susan at beyondthechaos.biz, and I am happy to point you in the right direction or uh, make sure that you have what you need. Wonderful. Susan, thank you so much for your time today. I, um, I admire the help that you are giving our small business owners. So thank you for that. Thank you. so. And um, we'll be in touch soon. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you.